Hey, what's up, guys? Here we are, episode 307 of the Brew Chat Podcast. Believe it or not, I can't believe we're seven weeks past episode 300. That's kind of crazy to me, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Jared cannot make it this week, so he's not here with us this week. He had a, uh, well, we'll talk about it later on in the episode. But uh, yeah, we've got Ian here who's going to join us anyway, but you know him from Boomer Memes as well as In Chaos We Trust as well as being a comedian and uh, the best Dungeon Master, at least better than Matt, Matt Mercer. Mercer. That's yeah. right. I also used to be in a band. And? In a band. I was in a couple bands. Yeah. Take that. So yeah, we're uh, still going to do the thing. We're going to do the thing. You know, I know Jared uh, is typically the main beer taster, but... I like the idea of having a guest beer taster here this week, so we're going to do that. Uh, but before we do, make sure you get on down and go check out Riverside Wine and Spirits. It seriously is the number one spot to stop and get your booze in town. It's right there under Old Jotty Bridge, so if you're coming home from down or if you're coming from work downtown and heading home or you're passing through town, maybe you came in checking out the breweries or whatever. You're on your way out, maybe you forgot something at one of those breweries. Stop into Riverside Wine and Spirits. They probably got some uh, package product of, of whatever you were looking for at that brewery or at least something from that brewery. So go check them out. They've got a great selection of beer, wine, and liquor. And they've got some cheeses and uh, random accoutrements as well. It's pretty nice. It's right there under Old Johnny Bridge on Manufacturers Road. And Merchants on Main. It's a great little haberdashery of a shop. They've got some vintage clothing, they've got some vinyl, they've got some antique furniture, and they've also got some photography from yours truly. Go check them out. It's a great spot as well. And also, again, if you're on that trip in or out of town and you forgot like, oh shit, I forgot I was going to grab Aunt Deborah a Chattanooga t-shirt or a Chattanooga hat, it's a great place to do that. And yeah, I'll go ahead and promote it on here, ExpressVPN dot com slash in chaos we trust if you're you know everybody should be using a vpn and uh if you're not go figure out why you should google that i'm not going to explain it right here it'll take too much time not because it's complicated i just got other shit to move on to but uh yeah everybody should be using a vpn at the very least it allows you to watch other netflix and disney pluses from other countries which give you different content so yeah, expressvpn.com slash in chaos we trust. And then uh, I'm missing some. God damn, I didn't write them down. Uh, let's see. I wanted to promote the other podcasts as well as uh, the Brew Chat store, brewchat.com slash store. We've got these dope beanies. I've got one over there on the shelf. Ooh. Weather's getting cold. Holidays are right around the corner. We do have some cool shit on there. We've got a cool rain jacket that I've uh, used recently because it's been pouring down here. And uh, we've also got a really dope beanie that's like super thick and warm. Uh, go check that out. And then, uh, yeah, we've launched some new podcasts. Between the Brews, we've got some ladies that work here in the local beer industry on there. Very similar to Brew Chat, but it's just a little bit different perspective. Uh, Boomer Memes starring, uh, you know... This man right here, Ian Sharp. I finally get to tell the world what my opinions are. For the first time ever, people <laughs> now have a, an opportunity to hear my take on things every week. That's pretty good. We're, what, four episodes in? Four episodes. Four episodes, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and That's I'm, crazy. And and to uh, 
circle back to the store. I am going to try and get some uh, Boomer Memes designs to you mm-hmm. in time for uh, the holidays. Because I want people to... Sweet, sweet. You know, if you need, if you need to get your, uh, you know, your special person a gift, you know what they would love is one of the wacky designs mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with. I haven't done it yet, but I will. Well, and if you want to come over and sit down one night and, like, tinker on... Like I know how to do all that Photoshop and shit, so yeah, we can tinker on that. I'm decent. I've got a I've got a good like backlog. If I used to do show flyers, okay, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then yeah, of course, want to remind you about in chaos we trust is Ian and I basically started that show because I felt like Brew Chat was getting a little too political at the time, and it's a it should be a fun beer show. So if you're wanting a it's not quite as political all the time but it's always about current events and stuff like that so uh and then say your truth from brian bender a local brewer in the area all around great guy and uh can't, i'm really wondering when he's going to release that season too and uh you can also find us at the hopped up network at the hopped up network.com and then you had a show coming up here soon that's right uh yeah. This Friday, October 1st at the Bode Hotel. It's going to be great. Um, lots of good comics on there. I'm going to pull up that list real quick because it has changed recently uh, and, and with with really good news because we got a, um, a really, really funny guy. Uh, Scott Eason from Huntsville has now been added to the show, and he is hilarious. But now let's see. We got um, Jack Finnegan, uh, Jeff Greenspan, myself, Noah Cappadaferro, Andrew Ledbetter and Rena Calm. And that is going to be a great show. It's Friday night at the Bode. You can get tickets now at bodecomedy.com. Uh, they, they are selling fast. This one is, uh, is selling faster than most, and these shows do tend to sell out. So go ahead and get those 10 minutes ago. Go get them now. Get them. And other than that, I think that's all we got promo-wise. Other than that, uh, yeah, I'm going to hit the uh, the old button here, and let's pour some beers. Like I said at the top, old Ian Sharp, local comedian here in town, hosts Boomer Memes. hi oh Hosts uh, In Chaos We Trust here in town, which you can also find at brewchat.com. I think it's just uh, brewchat.com slash boomer memes, brewchat.com slash In Chaos We Trust. I think so. I think it's that. Yeah. I think you set it up pretty easy for people. Uh, so yeah, go check both of those out if you have not. And... Uh, yeah, we're missing Jared tonight, who was going to join us. And, um, yeah, he had a little bit of a, uh, not a family emergency, I would say. I'm not trying to air their laundry. I just feel I can relate to it a little bit. But there's a, what could potentially be a uh, ADHD situation mm. with a child. Ah. That's, that's all I'll say. Is, uh. You know, I'll let him speak mostly, but I don't know. From what he told me, it's like I grew up being called lazy, 
Uh, I struggled in school constantly. Bad student. I was always told I had ADHD, but never actually tested or anything like that. And tried ADHD medication in college. Uh, I get why people like it. I don't. Tried all of them. Don't like them. Um, but it wasn't until recently, since I was never tested, I just kind of never took it seriously. And it wasn't until recently that I kind of did start taking it seriously. That's like, well, it was after the gluten thing. I realized I was like, okay, if I'm taking that seriously, I should like really take other aspects of health seriously. So if they, I've been told multiple times I've got ADHD. So I've been looking into it a little more and not gone to a doctor or anything, but just from what people have told me, I've been reading about it more and it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, so it's like other people out there struggling. This is why I'm saying this is it's like, I didn't realize something I've learned recently is it's uh attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It's not so much, it's not so much, uh, problems paying attention. It's like how a, uh, person that deals with like really bad depression or bipolar disorder would describe a mania event. It's almost like that, but with focus of like, you can hyper focus, you know, and I know people you're out there listening to this. I can relate to you. I know you're doing this. Um, you can fucking hyper relate to, I don't know, playing this game or watching this movie or doing whatever event it is. Um, and get it done. But when it comes to like certain tasks, maybe with work or whatever you procrastinate. And so it's not really a lack of focus. It's just a inability to moderate and manage the ability to focus. And so I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a journey I'm on recently that I kind of noticed like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to kind of put it out there as like anybody else struggling with that. Yeah, I've, I've never uh, dealt with it. Well, my brother did. So I grew up mm. with knowing what, um, you know, that, that, you know, he very clearly had issues with like hyperactivity and, and, and you know, maintaining focus. Whereas I was, I always could. Like my problem is, is it's not a, it's not ADHD. It's that I have no patience. Literally, yeah. it's just the fact that like. Like when it's something that I want to do, I will focus on it. If it's something that it's and and there's nothing that's going to pull me away from it. Um, if the when I lose focus is when I'm like I have no fucking interest in this thing, and like that's that's kind of like and it's bad because it happens like you know that and thanks to these little things, these uh, cell phones mm-hmm. we've got, these smartphones. Like I'm so used to it that like I'll do it accidentally in conversation with people mm. where it's like you're talking about something I'm not like super into. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick glance, you know, not not being rude, but uh, you know, mm. and it's like I don't want that to be a tell if, if I ever do that to anybody that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just totally zoned out. But because sometimes it could be that I'm waiting on an important call or something like mm-hmm. that or an important text. But um, it's it's yeah, with me, it's never been that. And also, I think the fact that you mentioned that you don't like those drugs. Whereas I not having ADHD do have fun mm-hmm. on like those kind of, those kind of, uh, supplements. <laughs> and, and I do, they, I mean, I get a lot done on them. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, everyone I know that, that actually has ADHD says that those tend to balance them out more than like mm-hmm. get them, you know, get them high. Whereas I get crazy high on it. So, 
Yeah, they treated me weird. Like, I think the only one I've not had is Ritalin. But I've had all of the other ones. Uh, so that's Adderall. There was Concerta. And there was Stratera that I tried. And I feel like there was a fourth, but I can't remember done, what it was. I've done Adderall and I've done Vivance. Vivance was the other one I tried. Um, yeah. My brother was prescribed Ritalin, but that was when I was too young to... Like, I wasn't trying to party, you know? Yeah. And just... Uh, I got a shit... Adderall was the... I mean, if I had to pick one, I liked Adderall the best. But uh, I used to have, like, pretty good muscle definition there for a minute. And then I got prescribed Adderall in college. And sure, I I mean, I guess I was getting shit done, but it was still, like, not what I needed to get done. I wrote a fucking feature-length screenplay. Yeah. But I didn't fucking do my schoolwork. Well, I think maybe you have the issue that I have on top of ADHD, (laughs) where it's like, like, yeah, once you were, you know, medicated, you could focus on the things you wanted to focus on, but then... But I mean, like, yeah. that's also, I think, I mean, I, you know, I'm not one of these people to, who like is going to outright deny, you know, mental issues like that and stuff. Mm. Cause I, I, I know they're real. Um, but like, I also think a lot of like, you know, you, there, there's two ways of looking at it. One is saying that like, well, how come we're having all these pop ups So, you know, widespread these days mm. where it didn't used to. Um, and you could say either that, well, now. You know, it's because of society today. It's because of all the phones and the, the mm-hmm. video games and the hyper, um, what's the term, stimulation that mm-hmm. we're experiencing from all sides. You could say that. You'd also say that, well, it's always been around. We just, uh, medical science is catching up to be able to identify this stuff a, a lot more. So, uh, you know, we're, you know, like I've heard like old people be like, ah, oh, you know, back in my day, they weren't, there wasn't a mental disorder. It was a character trait, you know, and it's like, well, maybe that's, maybe that, maybe you're not wrong, but mm-hmm. maybe that's, you know, so it, it's, I don't know, it's definitely a, a complicated thing. I think everybody should, uh, you know, I think you should do everything you can to try to make your situation better. And, and that there's, I don't think there's any shame. And like, like you said, you've been like, you know, giving a shit and, and getting, and, you know, seeking mm-hmm. out help and seeing what you need. But then also looking at those external factors. I don't think it would hurt, you know. Um, I, you know, quitting Facebook, I think, has been incredible. Like I still am glued to my phone a lot, but it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be when it, cause it's, I mean, frankly, I mean, none of the other ones are as interesting for as long, whereas Facebook has a lot going on all the time. So you can stay glued to it for hours on end. Whereas like Instagram, I do like two swipes through and I'm like, eh, I'm seeing all the same shit again. Never mind, You know, dude, it's got me kind of mildly shopping for a new phone, even though I just got this one in the past six months. Just because, yeah, I don't, like, if I'm not using social media, what the fuck do I need this thing for? What do I need this little flat brick for? This tile that weighs down my pocket. Like, yeah, it plays music. I got other shit that can play music, but I don't know. It's got me rethinking that. But back to the ADD thing, though. No, you touched on this. Is I've, I've started to think in the past couple of years is that it is an adaptation to the mind. It's an adaptation to the human mind in the modern era of, like, I mean, I I just think back to when I was a kid in the 90s. I would be playing Nintendo, or not even that. Like, I knew kids that would do this. They would have a TV going that had, like, cartoons on it and then be playing Nintendo. I would be playing Legos or something and have the TV on, 
And to this day, I remember my dad coming through and changing the channel. I mean, like I was watching that. Right. It's like, no, you're playing Legos. I'm going to watch TV. You're playing Legos. What were you watching? You know, and it's like, even at that young era, but then you get early 2000s. Tabbed browsing becomes a thing. Yeah. And it's like, you just get used to like, oh, I'm going to load this website. And, you know, we're talking in 56K times. I'm going to load this tab over here and like read what's on this tab over here. And so we've just grown accustomed to dividing over not it's not a new thing over the past couple decades and and no shade to anyone who this is like this may be you um um my roommate's kind of like this but not not in a um total way but how many people you know that can't that like have to sleep with the tv on um i've known a bunch of people i was one of those kids for a minute you know in my youth but uh i, I broke myself of that and now like the darker, the most pitch black, quiet, dark room you can put me in is the best for me to sleep in. I'm a very light sleeper. I think probably because of yeah. of that. But uh, um, like, yeah, uh, it, I know so many people who have to have like either a TV or like music going to, to fall asleep. Like, no, or, I don't like those Vita rays or whatever it is coming off the TV like that. Yeah. That blue light. Yeah. I don't like that. I like, yeah, I don't like any light at all. Um, I don't mind white noise. I've been listening to some mm-hmm. white noise because uh, I, well, now I don't need it. I've I, like when I first moved into my place, it's right next to the interstate. So there's always car noises and stuff going on. Um, you know, I've lived there for like two years now, so I'm, I'm numb to it. But um, I, uh, for a while, like I would put on like white noise, which would, you know, I'd, I'll tell you what my favorite is. It's like th- what the sound of like being in like a, uh, like a starship hole. And hearing those weird, yeah, like, dude, it's it's yeah. awesome, it's awesome, and it's so it's so calming. Um, there was one of a planetarium where, like, I think it was like Carl Sagan or somebody in the background, just lightly like talking, you know, space facts, and that was even even nice, like, you know, that kind of stuff. But like, where there's an actual like, the thing is, is I I don't like like I you know I don't I don't do like audiobooks or stuff like or podcasts because I get so wrapped up in the narrative I don't go to sleep. Yeah. Whereas if, it, you know, I don't want, and then if it's something I actually care about, I don't want to listen to it because I'm going to care about it and not go to sleep mm. or I'm going to fall asleep and miss it and not know what part. Like, go, I got to listen to the whole fucking thing now, you know? Yeah. I'll usually, I've never listened to an audio book of a book I've not read, which I guess is weird. But to me, audio books, I use them as like, well, I'm going to have this this stranger read me this book to sleep and I know the story. So it's not something I'm going to linger on and be like, Oh, what's happening next? So it's like, I've got the audio books to Jurassic park and stuff. And like, I'll work my way through that. And like, I'll rewind back to where I remember last and like, that's handy. But yeah, I don't like sleeping with the TV that I don't like that blue light. Well, I I feel like having that kind of like, stuff going on especially like tv like yeah. audiobooks are probably a little better because it's at least one voice and one narrative kind of mm. thing um whereas like if you fall asleep with like the tv on you're hearing like different shows with different commercials and it's all these different sort of things that once your subconscious brain is going on you're you still hear it you're mm-hmm. you're still registering it all at all but like the way it's playing into your sleep cycles can't be good like yeah. there's no way that's good and occasionally like if I'm to where I don't think I can focus on an audiobook, like if I've been drinking or something, uh, or I'm just like looking to watch something to wind down my brain before I go to sleep, and I feel like everyone's got this, and I'm curious what yours is. Is uh, there's a, everybody's got a show 
that they can just tune in where like I can just close my eyes and listen to the show and like I know what's happening in the show because I've watched it so many times but The Office. Oh yeah, The Office. For me. Is like, definitely and like what's funny is I know a lot of people like that. I've watched The Office through well I've never finished it. I never finished the last season, but I've watched all of it up to then and then various other episodes at various other times because my previous roommate mm-hmm. not not actually two roommates ago i lived in a different spot but guy i went to high school with really cool guy uh, josh miller you met him uh, he did our um he was on on set uh for the adventure fight live stream okay yeah uh really cool dude but he also would watch the office and parks and rec like mm-hmm. in continuum where it's like He's watching one of them when he's just bored and doesn't want to know what to put on. And then he's watching the other one when he's bored and doesn't know what to put on. And usually it's like it'll be on in the background and he's on his computer playing video games. And that's kind of how my brother is with stuff, too. Like, he'll be playing video games but then also have an anime on. You know? Yeah. And be like, I'm watching both. And I was like, yeah. I don't think you are, but okay. <laughs> no, and they're great shows for that. And I would almost make them equal. Yeah. Like, they are great shows. I Yeah. I, I mean, they're so quotable. Um, yeah. A bunch of guys I work with like love The Office and quote and quote it like on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And I mean, it's it's funny. I like it. I was I was a fan. I'm not. I didn't quit the show. I just fell off of it. I need to. I, Dude, and well, in the last season, it got to where uh, I just heard it. It's going to make me cry, and I'm I don't want to cry. I didn't cry in it. It just um, it. I don't know. I don't even know what. It's not that it went downhill, but it's almost like the show got too aware of itself in a way. I, I don't even know, but like I watch up until like maybe the last season to me is the Robert California season. Yeah. I, I loved the Robert California character. Uh, me too. Th- that was such a, I, a, I love James Spader, but B his character was so weird and out of left field, even for that show. That's like he's perfect. Like somehow they made a weirder character out of all the weird people in this office. They found someone weirder and and made him. And I feel like it's just kind of James Spader. I'll tell you who one of my favorite like it's later era office characters is. I can't remember what his name is in the show or in real life. I think in real life it's like Zach Green or something. But he's like that tall nerdy guy. Um, that's like when um, Kathy Bates comes in and he's he's yeah. her assistant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. He is fucking hilarious. He's on Silicon Valley and he's the best character on that show. I, I fucking love that guy. I, ho- I hope he's in more stuff. I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's like 30, but he looks 19. And uh, yeah, he's like Kathy Bates. Like liaison between that office and like Florida, yeah. her off. I don't know, but yeah, I can watch that show endlessly. It does not get old to me. Just, I can turn on any episode. Like, to be honest, I wish, uh, like streaming services and stuff more of that for shows like that. And I know other people have shows like friends and say, I'm trying to think what else would be those shows. Psych. I've seen that show for some people, Brooklyn nine, nine of just shuffle. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't do that with shows, but I think if I were to, I think my show would be community. Community is a good one for that. I've, I've used community for that purpose as well, especially now that I've seen it all except for the movie, which is I fucking better come out. Uh, Mm -hmm. but 
now that I've seen it all, I, I absolutely adore that show, and mm-hmm. I like. I, I would never be upset. It doesn't matter what episode it is. I I even like the gas leak here. I, I I didn't I didn't like I I watched it all at once in one run without knowing mm-hmm. like which I knew that like the later seasons got a little weirder because of certain things. I knew I was aware of that, but I wasn't specifically aware of when and what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. So to me, it, I mean, it, it, there was definitely it felt different but it didn't start really feeling different until people started leaving like once donald mm. glover was gone yeah. i was like oh no but i i gave myself an accidental treat with that show i got into it a little late like maybe 2013 it was three or four seasons in at that point 2014 and they've got the infamous paintball episode oh yeah i did not know there were two paintball episodes. I don't know how I missed it. Uh, it was not, I'm not going to get into specifics here. I was streaming it across a service and said service was missing the, I guess it was the second paintball episode. That's got the Josh. What's his name that played Sawyer on lost. Yes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I did not know that episode existed until years after I'd watched that series multiple times and then discovered that episode, but it was such a gem. Like all of community had aired even on Yahoo and then I discovered that and I was like, "Wait. There's more?" There's more that yeah. I've not seen. Like yeah. I just happened to not. I can like, imagine how that It was such feels. a treat. It was so good. Because I like I like. So my history with that was, you know, there was there was a period where I watched TV as it aired, and it was we we me and my friends would gather on certain nights. Uh, it was fun. Well, there'd be there'd yeah. be certain nights where there'd be like four or five awesome shows all on the same time, and you know, every, at this point, DVR was like a standard, so we would just watch everything. Uh, Sunday was definitely one of those nights. And then we also did, I think we, we, I'd go somewhere else for Mondays for heroes and a couple other shows. And then like whatever night lost was on. Cause I know it flip flopped around between like Thursdays and Wednesdays and stuff, but whatever night lost was on, we would usually, and like usually the way it would work is you'd watch as much as you could, but everything would be DVR. So you'd even catch up on stuff like, okay, there's only one show on this that, you know, tonight. So we'll, we'll watch, you know, we'll get caught up on everything. It was a great time. Um, and uh, that got me hooked to watching stuff. And I got to where I was watching The Office. And then they started announcing a new lineup of shows. And I remember, like, the same time Parks and Rec started, um, I think, is when Community started. I think it was the same premiere, like, week. Like, it was, like, sweeps or something like that when they when they put out all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched both of them, you know, for the, a couple episodes. And then kind of fell off because I was like... I'd rather do other stuff with my time than watch TV and, uh, you know, later watch them on streaming, but I never went back to community. I went back and watched Parkinson and rec, but I never went back to community, um, until the last year during the, the pandemic. And I was just like, you know what? I think it was like, had been on it, it. Like it came on down on Netflix, like a couple months before and everyone made a big deal about it. So it was fresh in my brain. I'm like, now's the time. And I went through and watched it and then was just like, this is, fucking genius holy yeah. shit like i like it like you know i was a big rick and morty fan but i think i'm a bigger part or a uh, community fan yeah and i i i don't know rick and morty's weird to me like i want to like it so much more than i do i, I love rick i and don't morty. dislike it 
but it's just kind of is what it is to me. But I should like on paper, I you'd be like, yeah, Tanner should love this, and I want to like it more. And maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. But um, Community is fucking genius. Yeah, Community is great. Yeah. Also, uh, next month, I don't know. Did you ever watch Gravity Falls? No. Gravity Falls is a kids show. It is a Disney show, but it is so good. It is like if Twin Peaks was for kids. Yeah, it's incredible. Huh. I didn't. Re- uh, it's one of those ones where you'll watch it through once, and you're like, "That was pretty good," and then you'll like get kind of obsessed with it, and you'll start looking up stuff on the internet and realize that like there's all these hidden clues and messages throughout this whole thing. The whole thing is like a big weird puzzle, and there's all kinds of like Easter eggs that unlock other Easter eggs. Look up the weird contest that Alex Hirsch did after the show ended. Uh, everyone, but uh, you in particular, you'll you'll appreciate okay. it. Um, I don't want to go into all, all the details because I don't remember it. But my point is, is that his new show, which is more adult oriented, uh, is coming out on Netflix. It's called uh, Inside Job, and it's all about people who work in the deep state, ah. and it's going to be funny as shit. Okay. And I think it's going to be the same kind like the trailer looks like there's all kinds of quick flashes where yeah, it's yeah. like subliminal messages and stuff. So I feel like even in the trailer, I want to go back and watch it and start picking it apart and looking for things. But uh, Alex Hirsch is good buddies with uh, Justin Roiland. So there are Rick and Morty references in, in uh, Gravity Falls and there are Gravity Falls references in Rick and Morty. Ah, okay. Okay. I like shit like that, but. Speaking of uh, animation, I want to talk about this new Star Wars thing, but before I do, I need to go piss. But we also need to talk about this beer you're drinking. Yeah, it's pretty good. Can you good. vamp on that for a second yeah, while I'll, I piss? I'll do that. Okay. Um, so this is, um, it's a Southern Grist Brewing Company beer. It's called uh, Money Moves. Now, generally, I grab this because I, uh, I've i had a few Southern Grist beers now, and I'm, I'm a fan. They generally make awesome stuff, and they are not uh, letting me down on this one. This is... Um, it is a milk stout with peanut butter powder and maple syrup, and it is delightful. Um, I know that there is normally flavor text on these things. Let's see here. Um, this one says, government warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic bre- beverages during... Oh, no, that's not it. That's not it. Never mind. Um, all right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Oh, there's information. This is a pint, a pint-sized can, and there is 6.5% alcohol by volume. So uh, keep that in mind. That, that probably explains uh, a lot right now, but it says, Keep cold, drink fresh to the moon. This rich and creamy milk stout is loaded with enough peanut butter powder and real Vermont maple syrup to make your taste buds dance. I think that's an accurate uh, representation. Um, the, the First off, the label is just so eye-catching. It's got that sort of like peanut butter, brown, yellow kind of background, and then the money moves... It's like it's like in the money font, and it's like a green metallic with like gold dollar signs trailing behind it. It's really eye catching, really good graphic design. If you ask my opinion, I'm, again, I'm I'm singing Southern Grist praises because they've ne- they haven't done any wrong. Um, yeah, but pouring the beer into uh, this chalice here, it is a a, a very dark beer, um, as it is a stout. Sometimes milk stouts can have a little bit more of a creamy look to them in my experience, but this one's not. But I think that the uh, the head on it has that nice sort of same peanut butter yellow kind of tone to it, which is nice. But uh, the nose on it, a little funky. Uh, it's got a little funk to it. Um, I think that has to do mostly with the milk stout. It definitely has that sort of like, you know, they always say like, you know, 
smell your milk to make sure it's it hasn't gone bad you know even like i always do that habitually but i always can like it never it always smells a little bit like it's gone bad i don't know if that's just a, a me thing but uh this has a little bit of that but it tastes smooth it tastes good i recommend it yeah i snagged this from uh riverside today actually hand me the can let me sniff it I missed that. We're heading into that season. Yeah, I grabbed two stouts, and then I don't know what this is, but it's got fruit on the label, so I assume I'm going to like it. But we'll we'll get there when we get there, and I'm still enjoying the Southern Grist Money Moves. I think you're going to enjoy listening back to that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can hear some of it from the bathroom, but uh, yeah, I'm just drinking. I made me an old-fashioned. Uh, I doubled it up, and... Uh, yeah, just sipping on that. So, nothing too crazy. I was drinking a... I may grab... I'll, I'll talk about it if I grab it out of the fridge. I'm about... You know, if I get through this old-fashioned, I'll make it into that. But it was a gluten-free beer in there. But, no, I want to talk about the Star Wars Visions. It just came out. They dropped the whole thing last Wednesday, I guess. Yeah, I watched it. It was awesome. Yeah, I've not finished it yet. Um... Because we're on a thing right now where we're going to be doing a show where we're watching. I'm not sure what we're going to call it yet because I don't want it to just be about anime. I want to leave it open to like anything. But uh, this show, Vinland Saga. And so we're going to be doing a podcast about that. So I wanted this show to be kind of a prep show for that a little bit. So I feel I've unintentionally been on a sort of prepper journey that i didn't mean to get on for vinland saga but i went and saw shang chi we reviewed that last week on the podcast and then through that got really into like uh wuxia kung fu films or whatever and a lot of that cinematography is carried over to various anime and then Japanese film influences Chinese film and vice versa. And I'm very excited to watch Finland saga, but I was watching the star Wars visions thing. And as a guy that doesn't really like anime, fucking love the first one. Yeah. It's they're very spread out. They're very, and, and I've tried to like express that to you and Andrew, um, is that, uh, you can't just think of anime as one thing because mm. it's so many things. And and that's one thing yeah. that I love Star Wars Visions for representing because I don't I didn't love all of them. <laughs> There's a few that I. Yeah, re- that's kind of where I'm at is I don't like all. I've not seen them all yet. I like how they're all short enough to where even if it's not my favorite, it's still entertaining and I'm still able to just kind of get through it and tough through it. So I was able to watch all of them, uh, but I don't. There's a few that are more on the, um, I feel like geared towards younger audiences. And those are the ones I'm not quite, I don't get as stoked on, um, but they weren't bad. They were just a um, little, little different. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think I know which one you're thinking of right now. Is that the one about the band? No, I was actually really into that one. I didn't care for that one. Yeah. I at first did not like it. Uh, so I'm up to the last one I watched was the twins one. And uh, that one I was kind of eh on. 
Yeah. Uh, I, once I figured out what they were going for, I was a little more into it, which we'll get to that in a second. Is uh, So, yeah, the first one, total Akira Kurosawa. Yes. 100% into it. It just, like, visually, there was, like, trando- like 110% into that. The second one with the band, I was like, eh. It was fine. There was the one after that that had the little rabbit. The little rat, like the little rabbit girl with her sister. Let me see. Because you might not have made it that far. I think that's the last one, actually. Let me see here. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, I know which one is my favorite, and I I don't know if you've made it that far yet. But, uh, yeah, it, what's cool is it runs the gamut of like anime styles. And so all Star Wars, like it's kind of what I was saying is like just because something is a sci-fi anime doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> like, okay, so there was the first episode, the duel, fucking awesome. Lop and Ocho. That's were, the rabbit one. Okay, that one. Uh, I think I just fucking skipped it. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh. I started it, tried to get really into it. It started getting on my nerves. It got a little too anime for me. And I was like, nah, next. Like I, old school MTV style. Fucking uh, next. The end of it's really cool. Okay, then maybe I should. I, I'll go back and check it out. Tatooine Rhapsody was the one with the band. Yeah. Really fucking liked that one, actually. Um. Yeah, I thought that one was interesting. Tamir Morrison comes back. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't like that kid, that guy's singing voice. That was the main thing that, that upset me about that. I think. Yeah, the music was a little annoying. But you know yeah. that, like, uh, one thing I didn't notice, I saw in like a YouTube recap thing, um, all of the shots of that um, stadium are mirrored off of uh, like episode one shots. Fuck yeah! Yeah, like they they kept the pers- they they like actually went in and like studied the perspective and stuff. So they they made sure that it was like it's funny because like all these are like. Or supposedly none of them are in canon, uh, but, yeah. but they're all like, uh, you know, the people cared enough to do a good job, even though yeah. it was like, hey, you could do anything. And that's what interests me is it's anime fan. From what I gather is it's anime fans, like super fans of Star Wars that are artists within anime and they've been allowed to create something of their own free will of Star Wars. And I can appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, um, loved the first one, did not like the second one, Lop and Ocho or whatever it is. Episode three, Tatooine Rhapsody, I liked. And then, or whatever, what is this order? Yeah, this list is weird. I I feel like Lop and Ocho was later. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. Let's look at Wikipedia. They'll have it. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, see one and then two. So Tatooine Rhapsody was good. The twins. No, the twins is the one that was like, all right. But by the time I got through it, but let me be just to be clear. What I got from the twins episode was this was a, uh, basically if Luke and Leia had been raised under the empire. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. And like, yeah, uh, like, they're definitely like if that one to me felt like the most like setting up for like more stories in that sort of universe. Yeah. Whereas the rest of them did feel very much like one shots. Whereas that one, um, but I, I thought like 
it's so studio trigger did that one and, and they've done some cool stuff but it mm-hmm. very it that one looked like very typical studio trigger style they actually do another one i can't remember which the other one they did that looks very different and is also very very cool um but uh that one uh that one has a very sort of weird it's not a typical anime like animation mm-hmm. style but they like some of the action does look cool like especially once the girl pulls out her like grievous arms that was awesome i was I, like that's the thing is like the action in most of these that have action is great. And then there's one, which I think is the next one on there. The village bride. That's the one I turned off is I didn't turn it off and I like, okay, I don't like this. I turned it off and I don't have the patience it's for very this right slow. now. It's a very slow yeah. and the action is very um, understated, which I appreciate in a, like, I think that like, I think that the fight, the lightsaber duel between Obi-Wan and Vader in A New Hope has so much more impact and meaning behind it than the flashy kung fu lightsabers of the prequel trilogy. That's kind of my sort of yeah. like old guy, sorry, but I think that they're, they're, they're saying a lot more in that fight than in the, any of the, the prequel fights there, where there's like... It's less about like we're gonna tell a story in this fight and more about flippy flippy lightsabers. So to me, that one was the most took me back to that, where it was less about the action and the cool like you know stunts, which I know in animation it's not stunts, but you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. fast, cool like displays of prowess. Whereas this one was more, it was more psychological and like especially at the the showdown at the end. So I, I do suggest you go back and rewatch it. Okay. Yeah, I was planning on watching The Village Bride. Uh, I turned it off just because, like you said, it was kind of slow, and I was like, I don't have the patience for this right now. And, uh, so yeah, it's one of those things. It's been a little bit of a, a trudge for me, to be honest, but this is a non-anime guy. But I feel like this is an interesting journey to take pre to Vinland Saga, because I'm actually going to be able to have opinions now. So how far did you get? Did you did you see any past that? Nope. I the one I stopped on was the Village Bride. I didn't realize there was nine. I yeah. thought there was only uh, like six or seven. No, there's nine. Uh, so the very next one, well, I can't, it was uh, the Ninth Jedi. That's yeah. that's the best one. Okay, that's my favorite. Okay, um, it's just so cool. It's just so cool. Um, and I really like the Animatrix. Yeah. So well, so the weird thing about the Animatrix was all canon. Yeah. Whereas this, you have to kind of suspend your like. There's things about like the originally I was weird on uh, like that one that I just says my favorite, the Ninth Jedi, because it does like kind of break some established Star Wars rules. Um, but you just have to kind of go in knowing that, like, once you once you like accept the fact that like okay, this is kind of working. It's using Star Wars as its main like skeleton and then its main inspiration, but it gets to do what it wants with it. It's sort of what if. It's what if Star Star Wars. That's the best really way to think of it. Uh, Which that's how I have been kind of watching this, and I maybe Disney did that on purpose, airing this alongside What If. Because uh, have you been watching What yes, If? Yes, I have. Dude, that's just pretty great. Yeah, I, I think they're going to do their own uh, like "What If Avengers," where they bring yeah. like, all. I think I think that's going to happen. I don't know who the threat's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Zambi Zambi Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> Zambi Thanos. Zambi Thanos, or, or if it's uh, going to be um, uh, Vizzy Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that looked awesome. Yeah, I don't even know how that works because 
it looks like the uh, the big watcher was surprised to see him. Yeah, that's why I think I think that's he's going to be like, oh shit, this is outside of because that's that's always been a thing in the comics where the watch Uatu isn't supposed to interfere, but he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And I like how they made our Uatu black. Yeah, I mean, he's always been white, and all the well, watchers our, have always been Nick, white. But why not make him black? Our Nick Fury is black, and it's yeah. the shit. It's yeah. the motherfucking shit. And uh, fucking, even, even though I won't lie, I would love to see in the MCU live action variant David Hasselhoff Nick Fury <laughs> that would be senior. Funny as shit. I would love to, and it be canon that like no, Samuel Jackson Nick Fury is the son. Of David Hasselhoff. I think they made that canon in the comics. I, th- I want to say that's a thing in the comics. It is. Where it's yeah. like the the old white Nick Fury is still Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and then the now Nick Fury is Nick Fury Jr. Yeah, it is canon. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with it, because it looks like Doctor Strange Supreme or whatever is the one of the only ones that's going to cross over. And I would not be surprised if we see him in live action in Multi-Strange of Madness. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe like fucking crazy, wild, semi-evil Doctor Strange because he lost his love. The the only thing, and I watched a really interesting video um, on it the other day about how um, there's the it kind of broke down like why the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe has been so successful, and it and it brings up a really interesting point, but it's also why like it might be in trouble going forward. And you, you've heard me say that in private a bunch, how I'm, I'm like kind of worried about like if they can maintain it. And, and this kind of justified that for me, but like the main things that's made it so successful is it has, there's a lot of freedom in that fandom where you don't have to watch everything. You can watch very select few things and still mm-hmm. stay pretty well caught up. Um, and it has, um, well, and quality overall quality um, has been, pretty like standard like not everything's been great but everything's been enjoyable and there's never been like one of these movies like even i didn't really care for black widow but i wasn't mad i was watching it Mm. i wasn't like what the fuck what a waste of my time what a shit movie like i think the worst is probably like iron man 2 maybe maybe. i would say thor 2 for me thor 2 yeah thor 2 uh avengers 2 all those are kind of in the bottom tier for me they're all still fine. Uh, Thor 2 is the hardest to get through now. Like, mm-hmm. I did a rewatch uh, last year, and uh, Thor 2, I fell asleep twice trying to watch that movie again. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that uh, that making the what-if stuff, like, referenced in the main canon, I think they run a risk of taking away that freedom. Because once they lock in a you have to have seen this to get this, the more they do that, the more they shut out casual fans. And casual Mm. fans are their bread and butter. Like the hardcore fans who watch everything are one part of the pie, but the casual fans who know they can just dip in and see this random new Marvel movie. Like a lot of people saw probably Endgame without seeing anything else and probably Mm. still were were able to Mm. enjoy it as a standalone movie. Yeah. No, and I agree with you. As I think going forward, like... uh, I always call it Captain America, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought did a pretty good job of where you could watch that as a standalone story and just be like, no, that was pretty good. Wait, he's in other movies, you know, that sort of thing. 
And I compare it to the Star Wars universe in that, like, Marvel is doing what the Star Wars universe wants to be so bad because it was able to set it up from the jump. So it's like, say, like, if you had started Star Wars today, they would have started out with episode one, built all the little intricate tie-ins with everything they've built, build up characters, and you're able to tell a linear story. And yeah, let's just straight up reverse them for the sake of this. So Star Wars comes out today. They fucking tie it in with all this intricate shit, all that. The Avengers movies starts back in the 70s. They come out with like, I don't know, basically just Avengers 1, 2, and 3. And then in the 90s, they start releasing, you know, Iron Man 1 and all this, telling the prequels. And it's just, yeah, that's the way I see it, is Avengers has just done what Star Wars wants to be successfully. And, yeah. Well, also, like, I agree with you, though. It's like, they're they're going to, they're well, they're doing it now. They're starting to branch off and telling these, like, independent stories of where, okay, if that interests you, this character also appears over here. Well, and yeah. then they've also, like, I mean, the, the thing is, is they're, running out of mainstay characters too like i mean they're 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 trying they're doing their best to create new ones and i think they're doing a a a, a decent enough job but man losing chadwick boseman was like a, a blow because he was going to be he was going to carry weight he was going to potentially be the new tony stark like and i mean he you know it, that sucks that sucks i mean like and like it, it kind of feels kind of like the norm thing like the norm mcdonald yeah. thing where like you know, I didn't even know he was sick, which is a norm Same, joke, yeah. but it's kind of a, th- a thing where it's like he'd been battling it for a while and still managed to make, you know, so mm-hmm. much. He made, I mean, one of the best Marvel movies and, uh, <laughs> you know, other really good movies uh, that I want to see that one um, that's like the police drama that he was in. Um, yeah. That looked like it was good. I never when it was directed it. by the Rousseau's. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that. I bet it's good. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, like, now, like, the only person they have, like, as their main sort of flag bearer is Tom Hiddleston Spider-Man, mm. who's also tied in with, up with Sony, which means they may not get to keep him. So, like, who's going to who's gonna carry, like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There, there's no focal point the right. same way they had. Like, you've yeah. got, you've got, you know, um, Falcon is the new Captain America, and he it, he's a great one, but he's also, mm. like... He's always been a side character, and then he got his limelight in a TV show, so it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's on the same level of exposure. So when he does come out and have his own movie, it better be a fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's another Black Widow, that's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So th- they've got to really do something great. Um, I hate to say it. I think Eternals, it looks like it's going to be visually gorgeous. I think it's going to be kind of boring. It looks, the trailer's kind of, it looks, yeah, kind of boring. I don't know that I'm going to, I don't know that it's going to have the wow, the same, like, it seems like there's like very like little humor. Whereas like Marvel Mm -hmm. movies are known for being saturated with humor. This looks like it's going to be the most serious one. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we're ready for that after like, you know, going without for so long Mm -hmm. and having, you know, I don't know. Like, and also think people get tired of the same shit after so long. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think you'd only keep the same thing going. Like, also, I think that, like, 
and the, the video I watched brought made up the same point. I think that um, Marvel built the template for us what a cinematic universe c- could be, but before that, you had like the the three to five movie franchise, and that was a thing that went on with horror. It went way longer, but um, like I think that like you know you everyone can say well no one can do it like Marvel. I mean look at DC. Well DC was one of the first attempts, but I bet mm. someone else, especially once people start getting tired of superheroes. Someone else will do some other kind of cinematic universe following the Marvel template to a T and they're going to nail it and and it's going to distract us all. No one's going to give a shit. My guess is it's going to be they're finally going to start doing anime adaptations. Right. Mm. And we're going to start seeing a lot more anime movies that are actually good, Mm. as good as the the source material, because right now we're in the same place that comic books used to be. Where it's like, oh, I have rights to use this idea, but I'm going to make it mine. Mm-hmm. And the fans hate it because they, the fans who wanted to see it wanted to see the thing that they love, not your interpretation of the thing that they loved. And the general audiences don't give a shit. What you have to do is realize why you're getting to use this IP. Understand that this thing has its own weight and you have to respect the weight that this thing carries. Make something for the fans that also... Mm transcends and the general audiences can uh, get into best example fucking going back to Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy mm. that was that to me was like the pinnacle of here's a thing that's obscure as shit uh, and we're going to make it into something that everyone loves I mean I think the new Suicide Squad also fits in that I think James Gunn is a fucking genius but I don't know that everyone loves the new Suicide Squad it apparently did really bad I don't know if that's just fucking pandemic times or what but i thought it was a brilliant movie i thought it was uh i enjoyed watching it but i did think it was dumb but like in the best way it was fun yeah it was just a fun yeah like and it was i mean it was stupid and weird but not bad what so it did like it did the best at subverting expectations i think everyone throws that around especially after fucking uh, Last Jedi, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we subverted your expectations. Like, that doesn't mean it's good. I expected the movie to be good, and you subverted my expectations by making it bad. I it s- made me want to play the video game of that movie. Oh, yeah. I don't is, know. is what it made me want. I don't know if there is one, but... There's not, but it made me wish there was, and being like, this would be a fucking great video game. I'm excited for the, uh, the John Cena Peacemaker TV show. Yeah. I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. He's... Like, it's hard to say, like, oh, he had the standout performance because everyone in that movie had the standout performance. Like, mm-hmm. even even Harley Quinn, who, like, you know, is such a, a played out meme at this point. But fucking Margot Robbie knows how to do that character and just does it well. And uh, I don't know what cinematic universe they're going for. But, yeah, there's going to be a Gotham City HBO show that ties in with the new Batman show. Or the new Batman movie. Yeah. But then also a Peacemaker show, but I don't know if that is the same universe. Not necessarily. So D- DC has always been more loosey-goosey yeah. with their continuity than, than Marvel has. Marvel has always been the one that we're like, all the comics tie in. Yeah. DC, like the what if was a special thing, and that was like a run that, that's been around forever where they'll do a, you know, like what if, you know, Spider-Man joined the X-Men, you know, and, that, and do like that mm. kind of thing. Um but uh, DC has always done a lot of different stories that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Like, if you look at, like, 
I mean, even back in the '80s, like one of my favorite Batman stories is like sort of an alt an Elseworlds, like you know, what if Batman, mm-hmm. where it's uh, it's called The Dark Knight Returns. It was written by Frank Miller. Yeah, who, yeah. It's one of the best fucking Batman stories, but it has no tie-in with anything else because it's just it's what if Batman got old, you know retired, got old, and went crazy and came back <laughs> is is what that is, and uh, <laughs> it's it's fucking awesome. It's it's very like RoboCop sort of because I mean RoboCop's one of my favorite movies, but like and I, and Frank Miller had a lot to do with RoboCop too, but. Uh, RoboCop's great. Yeah, yeah. The original RoboCop movie is one of the best movies. Like something about eighty cinema. I watched another thing, kind of to tie it all back into a nice, neat little bow. Um, I think I watched it either last night or the night before, but it was this sort of like you know indie documentary this guy made on YouTube about eighties Hong Kong cinema, mm. and it made me realize that my list of movies that I need to watch is way too short. Cause it looked like a lot of really cool shit on there, but that's when like, that's really when like the eighties, like martial arts, Hong Kong scene was where like you started to see really impressive shit. And it wasn't yeah. like, like the wires are neat, but the wires are very like, st- you know, you have to stay really still as the wire mm. carries you across it kind of thing. Whereas like, the choreography of the eighties Hong Kong scene is we're still seeing like the echoes of that today and things like the raid and, and, and stuff like that. Like John wick, you know, that they, those people owe a lot to what like Jackie Chan and fucking Donnie Yen and people like that were doing. No, that's the journey I've kind of been on since I saw Shang-Chi. Like I've always been a fan of martial arts movies, but I didn't know shit about them as far as like what came when, what is what genre is what. And uh, so I've been really watching a bunch of Hong Kong movies and or Chinese movies. And it yeah, they were doing crazy shit in the 80s. And overall, I think the 80s was a great time for movies and it really makes me sad for like and I hate that I've become one of these guys that's just like one of these old guys that's like griping about like well movies aren't what they used to be well they are you just had to know where to look like the raid and John Wick yeah those are those hold up of shit you're doing and I do appreciate what is being done with computer generated effects and stuff have you seen the Kingsman movies yeah those are fucking great. That's a good example. Yeah. Like, those people owe a lot to the 80s Hong Kong yeah. martial arts scene, I, and, think, uh, I feel like. But just the movies that came out in the 80s in general were, like, they're cocaine dreams. And you could not, the closest thing I could think to an 80s, a quote-unquote 80s movie that came out recently is either the John Wick movies or Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. And Hot Tub Time Machine was heavily influenced by that era anyway. Right, right. So I almost don't want to count it, but just like imagine a world where Back to the Future doesn't exist and you're pitching it as a movie today. Not going to sell. Right. And well, uh yeah, But now just, now if you want to do the Back to the Future reboot, that'll sell today. <laughs> like that's the thing is like it's like is this an established IP? Does this have weight? Straight up, though, a Back to the Future TV show, which I agree, like, Back to Rick and Morty, that's basically what that is, yeah. but, like, I would I would love a Back to the Future live-action TV show. 
That'd be crazy. I yeah. well, so yeah, I don't know. Like, the thing is, is time travel such a fucky thing to like have to ride around because there's so many weird ways it can work. Like, the multiverse is kind of the cop out. Like, oh, you travel through time and change something. Now there's two universes. That's sort of like the the really easy way to explain that. And like it, and then and then, but it as a writer, it's so it gives you so much to like buy out of. Like it, like. For example, and I may have mentioned this on this show or on one of the shows before, but like the way I run a D&D game, you know, we're all adults. Not everyone can make it every time. Real life stuff happens. People have to miss sessions. You can't be a dick about that. So, but in the, mean, in the meantime, you're trying to maintain a narrative. So how do you do that? Like, how do you explain a way that like so-and-so went away? Well, there's a few ways to do it, but my favorite way is to say like, okay, you guys were in the middle of this dungeon and then Larry couldn't make it to the game. So that means... Um, you know, his character Bartholomew isn't going to be around. What that means is, okay, everything exists in a multiverse. This is the alternate dimension where Bartholomew wasn't with the group. Carry on. And then they go through it. And then when he's back next week, I'm like, okay, now we've jumped back to the original uh, universe. Bartholomew was there the whole time. And it's fine. <laughs> but it gives me such a convenient writing device to do that with. And I think that, like, that's why you're seeing, like, like Marvel's really going all in on the multiverse. DC's really going all in on the multiverse. And like, don't get me wrong, the comics did this a long time ago, mm. but now it's starting to become pop culture. You know, you got Rick and Morty, which brings up the multiverse. D and D is going like they multiverse has always been a part of D and D, but they're really banking on it. The next book that's coming out, they just announced, is called Monsters of the Multiverse. It's it's kind of in right now. I even yeah. have a joke about the multiverse in my fucking set. Yeah, come see me live. Yeah, October first, <laughs> bodecomedy dot com, bitches. I'm curious. Like, I don't know. I you mentioned this somewhere. I can't remember if it was the last time you were on here. Or maybe we were just talking or whatever. But uh, I do remember it was your point. And I agree with it. Is Marvel's gonna blast out this multiverse situation and have all sorts of variants, and then they're gonna tighten it back up. Absolutely, and they need to. And when they do, they're going to use that as an opportunity to recast mm-hmm. and retell origin stories. And we're going to start. We're going to get another simple, it's quote be, unquote, Avengers type movie. It'll be a. It'll be an, a, It'll be their way to do a soft reboot. And yeah. I'm sure this is yeah. part of the part of the the calculation. Uh, I, I I'm almost positive because they're definitely going to like. I mean, losing Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is a massive loss. He has been the flag bearer. Um, but even still losing the character of Iron Man mm-hmm. and the character of Tony Stark is also a big blow. Um, eventually Chris, you know, Hemsworth is going to want to stop being Thor. They're going to lose him or he's going to age out, you know? Um, but they have not yet introduced the MCU X-Men. Mm-hmm. They have not yet introduced the MCU fantastic four, which is going to be a lot of people are clamoring for because it's going to be the first time that we're going to get to see these characters done right. We're going to get a whole new Wolverine. We're going to get like a lot of characters who can carry the flag. We just got to get there. The problem, and I don't want to be one of these, oh, they're all fucking woke now. It's not that. But they are kind of all woke now, and they really want to push the di- the diversity agenda. And so they're not focusing on these other legacy characters. They're focusing on a lot of newer uh, more diverse characters like Miss Marvel is like brand new and there and she's going to get her own like she's going to be part of a like basically uh, Captain Marvel was who they were hoping to be the like or you know the the great strongest woman mm-hmm. she 
wasn't as popular for a number of reasons. I'm not going to go into all that, but uh, which sidebar did they establish in this most recent what if that she is stronger than Thor? I think so. I think that's what they. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I think I think that was always implied. I think that she yeah. was her she was set up to be the next Iron Man, and then just the fan response wasn't there for it. Mm. And it's not, I don't know that it's, I, I mean, I just don't think the script was strong enough. I mean, it was a fine movie, but it yeah. wasn't a great movie. I don't think that she's necessarily bad in that role. You just didn't have a chance to really understand her character. Like, mm. it's okay. Like, people always talk about how she's a bad actress. I haven't really seen her be a bad actress. I've just seen that character kind of sucks. And like, but it's because we were never given a chance to really understand why that character is that way you can be mm. a stoic pissed off character as long as you get a build-up and i don't think i think the script is the main thing mm. um and so but it all but it didn't pick up and so now instead of her getting a sequel they're doing a shared one where they're bringing in monica rambo and miss marvel mm. who is that the kind of elastic girl she can like mm. make her fists real big and stretch um and they're, they're going to call it The Marvels, I think is the name of that movie, which is cool. You know, good. I hope it's awesome. I, I don't want it to fail. Um, but it's sort of this forcing in this sort of like we need, you know, look, the comic books have made a lot of strides to try to be more inclusive and diverse in their representation of characters. We need to immediately reflect that in the movies. But like people don't have a history with those characters. No one's excited to see those characters on the screen mm -hmm. except for a very fringe group of people. But you put the fucking X-Men on screen and do the X-Men right. And look, there have been a lot of good X-Men movies, but none of them have done the X-Men right. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a good X-Men movie yet. The, the best X-Men movie is Logan. <laughs> period mm -hmm. and the rest can go fuck fuck off so they're, they're, i've liked a bunch of them but i'm just saying like they're, they've they're, all had aspects that were good x-men i thought aspects i thought movies, the but. best like x-men x-men movie was first class and that's the one mm -hmm. i expected to like yeah. the least but it, it actually felt like x-men mm -hmm. whereas none of the, all the other ones felt more like we're trying to we're a movie we're trying to figure out how to make x-men work in a movie whereas the marvel formula is fuck it just do the character mm -hmm. and once once X-Men gets in Kevin Feige's hands and they just say, fuck it and do the characters. It'll be brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, Logan was perfect. Logan was a perfect movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I know I'm rambling because I'm just, I just, this is my forte. This is where I, no, I'm in for it. Man. This is where like, I hang out on the internet all day. <laughs> I would love to see them build like, so like, like we were talking about before of where they're going to explode this multiverse out. We're going to see lots of variations on lots of different characters where I think we're going to go with this. And when I say I think is I'm mostly saying like I'm fairly certain this is going to happen is they're going to use this to explode Tom Holland out. He's going to get stuck in the Sony Raimi verse or whatever it is. And so that's how you're going to get their Venom universe crossing over with our Tom Holland is he's going to get stuck in that universe or that universe is going to get stuck in our universe of the MCU or whatever, but that universe is going to cross and that allows them to have Tom Holland, Spider-Man with Tom Hardy venom. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I also think they're going to use that. And if I'm telling you, if I know that that's going to cross, I know that the Tom Hardy venom universe and Tom Holland, spider universe, they're going to use the multiverse to make those cross. And they're going to stick because they want those characters in movies together. They want it so bad. 
Now, if that happens and Tom Holland goes to a completely separate universe with Venom and everything, that is when, and I'm telling you, if that happens, like, so either A, we've got option A, where Tom Hardy's universe comes to the MCU. That's option A. Option B, Tom Holland goes to Tom Hardy's universe. And if option B happens where Tom Holland goes there, then we're going to get a new Spider-Man, and that Spider-Man is going to be Miles Morales, which is already set up with Donald Glover's character being in Spider-Man, uh, right. that first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I think, I mean, I think Tom Holland uh, is going to cling to being part of the shared sort of situation as long yeah. as he possibly can. Yeah. Uh, basically until he's tired of the role. Once he's ready to leave, then... And I think that's when we'll see that shift because, um, like, it's just been so awesome. Like, I mean, like, it's it's literally the fact that we have this. Uh, like, I, you know, on the other show, we, we tend to, you know, argue against monopolies. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I want Marvel stuff under one roof because there's so many great stories where all these characters interact. Mm-hmm. And I want to see some version of that get to play out. Um, I don't like the fact that we've had the Avengers without the X-Men. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't like the fact that we had Civil War without the X-Men. That was A lot of the X-Men were major characters in that mm-hmm. story arc, you know, um, and, or the Infinity War even still. Like, there was yeah. a lot, like, I mean, Adam Warlock was a major character in the comics Infinity War. And, you know, we, he's been teased, but he hasn't shown up yet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, um, I don't, they haven't even, I, they haven't, I don't know if they're even starting to work on Guardians 3 yet, but. I mean, I don't know who they're going to cast for Adam Warlock, but he better be great because he's going to be a major, like another one of these torchbearers who's, who's, who's got to keep the franchise going if they can, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, him and I would, I feel like uh, along with Adam Warlock, if you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Adam Warlock. I think this is going to be the last Guardians. I think they're going to. Well, I think we'll still have Guardians of the Galaxy, but this will be the last one with this. With this cast. Yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense. But bring in Sentry. Apparent, I don't know much about the character of Sentry, but from what I've heard, he is Superman with a fractured soul. Like, which, you know, you saw it with Captain Marvel. Is like, it's hard to tell a, a story that people relate to with a character that's all powerful like that. And apparently Sentry was able to do that in the comics of like, this is a really fractured person, but he's got all this power and uh, bring him in. I would be interested in that. Yeah. I've said this before, but uh, watch Invincible. I started it. You started it? I did start it. Did you get through the first episode? I'm about halfway through. Okay. But yeah. So you don't know yet. I was tired one night and I turned it off, but I did start it and I was into it. That's cool. It it was like, okay, I'm into this. That's cool that you think you're into it, but just finish the first episode and you'll be like, holy fucking shit. Did did you know this was going to happen? I'm like, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, let's crack open another beer here. I'm on top of it. Um, Yeah. This is... It's from Evil Twin Brewing. It is E.T. Left Home 3. Uh, the artwork is several triangles with lots of fruit. Um, it is 7% alcohol per volume. Another pint-sized beer. It's uh, an Imperial Berliner-style Weiss beer. Um, 
or vice beer uh, with sweet cherry, mango, and orange. It has been delightful so far. And at 7%, that's why I'm getting all like, let me tell you how I feel about Marvel. Um, let's see here. There's not any flavor text. Unless you want me to read the government warning, which says, according to the Surgeon General, women. Oh, it's the same as the last one. Uh, brewed and packaged by Evil Twin Brewing, North Haven, Connecticut. Distributed by 12%. And that gives you all those states where you can get a refund on the can. Um, I don't think we're one of those states. So we'll just have to throw it in the trash. We can recycle it. See, and I am pouring over here. Uh, this is Green's Quest Gluten-Free Triple Ale. Naturally gluten-free. Uh... I don't want to take beer from you, but I do want to kind of sample. Yeah. Can I do like a little pour one? Yeah, pour you a little bit of It'll, that. Yeah, I'll just do a little taste. Because I'm curious. Does it hold up? Or is it disappointing? It's pretty good. This is honestly, this Greens brand is honestly the best gluten-free beer I've had. I did put it in the same glass. I just drank this fruity-ass beer, so that's going to affect it. But it's, there was only a little bit, and it should be fine. Yeah, greens beers are made only from gluten-free ingredients and do not contain wheat and or barley. Crustaceans, eggs, fish, peanuts, soya beans, milk, lactose, nuts, celery, mustard, sesame seeds, sulfur dioxide, nor sulfites. I don't know if it's just my, my, my like, in my head knowing that it's a gluten-free beer. It tastes lighter. Like, it tastes like... Yeah. It doesn't taste heavy. It doesn't... It feels like it's lifting my body up and not dragging it down. And honestly, this is pretty solid on the calories, unlike uh, Glutenberg, which is another gluten-free I beer. hate to say this, but you know what it kind of reminds me of? Champagne. Mm. The way the fizziness is. Yeah. And it has kind of that same taste a little bit. That could be more the style of beer, it being a triple. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one I drank earlier, I drank the double ale, and it was way darker. And taste it. It reminded me more of an amber. Um, but yeah, 8.5% beer. I would highly suggest this. It's a little on the pricey side. It's $7.49. This is a... Uh, I mean, that's what still- size bottle is this? This is a 500 milliliter bottle for $7. But it is very good. This, uh, this um, fruity beer is an $8 beer. I didn't know that when I grabbed Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. Not, tr- well, not trying to drink you out of house and home, buddy. No, nah, I mean, Riverside's got it. But for the people uh, going down to Riverside, that's what you're paying there for that. That looks hefty, though, especially there since you got at the bottom of the can. Yeah. Yeah, that looks it's, very full body. It's very it's very nice. Yeah. Um, it's very, uh, it's it's hearty. Um, yeah. But not like, it's very sweet, but not too sweet. It's yeah. It's not like, uh, there's, it's, it's not overpowering, but it tastes like. Again, but then trying that back and back to back with this, mm-hmm. that one is pretty good. I like that beer. Like, I, I mean, like I'm not one of these people who's like that ain't made for my diet. Fuck it. Like I, mm. I'll eat vegan cuisine sometimes. Um, I'll eat, you know, whatever. I'll eat whatever tastes good, and I'll drink whatever tastes good. You can't tell me I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like this green stuff, and I guess just to give people a little bit of an update on, I've been kind of running experiments on my body on this uh, show week to week. So last week I was taking some sippers of some sours 
that Jared was drinking. Can't do that. It hit me the next day. So those sours that I drank, but I will say the beers that I had from Carolina Brewing the week before I was taking sips of did not hit me. Hmm. And they were just basic pilsners and stuff like that. Those did not hit me and uh, give me the squirts. But those sours that I was trying from Jared last week did. So I'm not going to try any tasters this week because I'm going to cleanse my system. And my next experiment is I've heard that Corona Light is less than 20 parts per million gluten. So in theory, I should be able to drink Corona Light. You know, and, and this, I don't know if you want to brand this with the brew chat thing, but I think that like if you're with you doing experiments and stuff, I think you chronicling that and like and doing like video blogs of that mm-hmm. would be like pretty decent YouTube content because I'm sure a lot of people like would appreciate that information. Um, so maybe something you want to do, like maybe under your own name or something like yeah, that. It could be. I've thought about doing like a, a gluten YouTube thing of like, hey, because it's been really it's not as bad now. But when I first started, it was really fucking frustrating because I'm a pretty good cook. And having to relearn the kitchen essentially entirely. I mean, it was a little quicker this time, but like. That was very frustrating is it was the first time I made a meal I did not like in maybe 15 years. And that's frustrating. It was like, I cooked this, like I worked on it. Like I spent the last hour on this and it tastes fucking awful. Fuck like, you know, that sort of thing. But anyway, drinking an evil beer, I figured we could talk about some evil shit. And we were talking about this evil today. Uh, but no, the satanic panic. Oh, the, 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 of the 80s and 90s. Because you're a little older than me. Yes. So your perspective is a little different. And it didn't come into my awareness until maybe about 93, 94. But it carried on for some people. But you also grew up like more rural than I did. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was more, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like Chattanooga is no, nowhere near a metropolis. But uh, you were you were a little bit more out in the sticks, I think. Well, and it wasn't even country. It was very strange how I grew up, I feel, because it was physically in the sticks, but I feel like it was almost just like a way out there suburb of Chattanooga. It was in Whitwell. And all right. of my friends yeah, yeah, out there, like, we would hang out at each other's houses, but it's like we would go with each other's family. Like, I don't know, if somebody had a birthday, we would, like, Come over here to the bowling alley or, you know, right. like what also living like, you know, live when you live, I feel like that far away from like a, you know, a hub city like Chattanooga, then you're more acclimated to driving a bit of a distance to get somewhere. So like, it's probably also less of a big deal for you to go to Nashville than it probably would have been for me as a kid, because, yeah. you know, I'm used to more immediate convenience. Whereas, you know, like I dated a girl from uh, Jasper and then she yeah. ended up living in the Whitwell area. So like I, I, there was a period where I was having to make a lot of drives out there. And then I've got a lot of friends from that area. There was like a decent amount of like uh, kids in that area. Like hey, if you booked a show out there, you mm-hmm. pull a crowd. And then also those kids started bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, you know, uh, intermingling with, with that side of things. Um, but it, it, you know, very much, you, 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 you know, you learn that like, yeah, that, that, you know, Chattanooga is the place to be. I grew up in Red Bank and then Saudi, which Saudi, mm. you know, if 
coming from Red Bank and then going to Saudi. Saudi is considered out in the sticks, mm-hmm. and then uh, but it's it's only like twenty minutes away from downtown. So yeah, like even driving out there now to go see my parents. I mean, I mean, even in high school when I drove to, I went to CSAS downtown, and even there it would take me forty minutes to get to school in the morning, but that was with traffic. And I lived with my parents for a bit after college. And if I was coming over here to do something or I was working an office job and I would give myself 40 minutes, but it would take me probably about like 25. Um, and so it's not that bad. It seems further out than it is. It's not terrible, especially if you go across Suck Creek. But yeah, if you're out there just living and like that's your world, like there's not a lot to do. There's like right. Hardee's, Ace Hardware, and the Dollar Dollar General. Like there's not a lot to do. Um, but it, it's very pretty area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and like I mean, you know, like I said, I know I know a bunch of people from out there and a lot of cool kids, and you know, uh, generally speaking, like you know, those kinds of areas were my favorite to like do shows in because you pull everyone from the yeah. fucking community and everyone have a great time because they're like we're glad to be out gadsden alabama was my, was probably the place where we did the best i think we did a mm-hmm. church show and pulled like 600 people it was nuts <laughs> no i loved growing up out there like we would just get into shit and uh i don't know i brought this up because i wanted to talk about the satanic panic yeah sorry when to I, you started in the 80s but to me it was still like rampant or maybe had a second wave in the nineties. I to be fair, I barely experienced it. It's yeah. more something I like know of now because of my association with certain proclivities that are were tied up in it. Like yeah. literally my two favorite things in the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's just and it may be two separate waves of like the one you're like slightly remember. I don't know. But it's one it's one big wave that never really went away. Yeah. It did for the most part. It used to be a mainstream thing, and that's the thing that, mm. to, like, we're used to it because we heard about it from our families and stuff, but, like, it used to be on the fucking news. See, I don't remember that. I just remember, so, the satanic panic, just to clarify to some people, was this time, I guess, in the 80s that, yeah, it was on the news of, like, hey, don't let your kids listen to heavy metal music. Don't let them play Dungeons & Dragons. Because they're going to literally summon the goddamn devil. Yeah, they're worshiping the devil. Uh, this is These are recruitment tactics by Satanists to recruit your young children into being devil worshipers. And that's what people believed, that uh, heavy metal music and, 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 like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people also thought rock music, too. But, uh, and that, and Dungeons and Dragons. And, like, people literally thought Dungeons and Dragons was, they were like, oh, you you're playing a game where your character is casting spells. How do you cast these spells? Well, I roll a die. Oh, that's mystical and magical. You're trying to actually cast these spells. It's like, no, no. Like you're, it's all pretend. Like it's no, it's no different than like cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians as a kid. It's literally a bunch of people with a sheet that says like what your character can do on it. And you're playing a pretend story. No one believes anything that it's really happening. That actually sucks. If you're playing a game and someone is taking it way too seriously, that person sucks and we don't invite them back. <laughs> but 
used to be like you know and like 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 kind of what you're talking about is we experienced like sort of the echoes of that in our gen- in our childhoods because we live in the uh the, the rural south in the bible belt where a lot of these ideas have clung on to and like I, I i mean it's just weird to think about like the the misconceptions people have and the shit people will make up but it makes it when you when you think about in the greater grand scheme of the way you know that side of things tends to operate, oh, making up shit to justify your uh, <laughs> your biases. Oh yeah, yeah, but like it just to me. I, I know I'm rambling because I'm already pretty. I'm this is a seven percent beer, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm two of these little uh, chalices into it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'll let you take over. I don't know. No, it's just uh, <laughs> it's interesting to me. Like I hadn't thought about it in a while until for whatever reason we started like messaging about it today through Discord, and I remember I had a Charlie was his name, and Charlie was a real nice guy. He was our Sunday school teacher. And I went to a Methodist church. Was I feel like Methodist was the best out of all of them. Like they were the most chill. But even him, every Sunday would be like, yeah, I just read this great sci-fi novel, but I'm praying for forgiveness this Sunday. And I don't quite know. I guess it's a sin to... I don't know. That's what I never got. Like what you just talked about is like the separation. Like I was always, it was, it's very easy for me to like differentiate fiction from fact. Right. So it's like the whole thing of like, I had friends that weren't allowed to read Harry Potter and stuff. And it's like, they're not telling you how to do fucking spells. Yeah, they're making shit up. It is a fictional, made-up story. What does your mom think this is? Like, a fucking spell recipe book of witchcraft? Like, I would be interested to see that. To this day, I would be interested to see that. I've never seen one. I've studied uh, real witchcraft and looked at real spells, and it's annoying and sucks, and none of it works. It's, it's not boring. Harry Potter. Like Yeah, it's 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 potpourri and shit. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like so I never understood the lack of separation of understanding of fiction and fact there because like Charlie would come in every Sunday to teach a bunch of nubile teenagers about uh Sunday school bullshit. But he would give us a little book review of some sci fi and it would be like just generic sci-fi he's reading, not Star Trek or anything in particular, even though he's very well-versed on Star Wars, Star Trek, all of that. He would come in with this whole thing based around it of where he would be seeking forgiveness from God because he had indulged in this sci-fi fantasy of sin. And I guess that the sci-fi fantasy isn't recognizing the power of God, and that is the sin. I don't know. Well, But he would talk about sci-fi like it was a fucking 
heroin addiction. Yeah, so so it's weird because I kind of understand that as as someone who used to be pretty religious, I kind of understand the mentality behind that because really anything that distracts you from living a godly life is a sin and of the devil. Like the devil tricks you in all these different mm-hmm. little ways and so like anything that makes you think about fantasy and things that aren't real that aren't helping you live a more goodly godly life is is the devil tricking you. So like Yes, Star Trek is the devil. If you care more about, if you're thinking about Star Trek instead of God, then it's the devil. Sounds like some fucking codependent, uh, abusive bullshit, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure does. Um, but what's weird though is like one of the coolest nerds, like one of the most well-informed nerds. I had a lot of really great conversations with him. What uh, guys I've ever met was a devout Mormon, like a very devout Mormon. And uh, he, he worked at the same movie theater I did. And so we ended up sitting around talking about all kinds of things. Loved nerd shit. Was really knowledgeable on a lot of cool things. Uh, but he was just super duper Mormon. And we'd, you know, we'd even talk about theology. And he was really perceptive and open to hearing like my ideas, which mm-hmm. were nowhere near Mormonism. Uh, of course, he a lot of times would say, like, actually, what you're saying about sounds a lot like Mormonism. You should come hang out at my church. <laughs> you know, kind of that stuff. But uh you know, I'd always like, ah, oh, you, and then, you know, we'd laugh. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it's weird how different that is because, like, the, the, the stigmas of all that, like, I mean, like, still linger today. Like, it, you know, most people know that D&D is fine now, right? Most mm. people know it's just, it's, it's like the least threatening people are D&D players. Like, you don't need to worry about the D&D players. You need to worry about you know, the actual Satanists with knives running down the street, mm. you know, cause they're all out there. Um, but like, I'm scared to tell people I, that at work that I play D and D cause I yeah. don't know. Cause you never know how someone's going to take it. Like I went to a Methodist church as a kid for, for a bit. I went, I went to a few different ones. I went Baptist for a little while. I thought Methodists were way more chill than the Baptists, but yeah, I hit pretty much every demographic or, uh, what is that? Not demographic. What is it uh, called? Uh, denomination. Uh, denomination. Yes. Yeah. I hit pretty much every denomination with my mom and we landed on Methodist because fortunately she was also looking for the most chill. I think I've said this joke on this show before, but you know what the difference is between a Baptist and a Methodist? Uh, Methodists will say hi to you in the liquor store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baptist I think will... I remember stealing that joke and telling it to my parents. It's good. It's a and good joke. My mom really liked yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good joke. Uh, I, I've been to both and I thought that the Methodists were more chill, but it was at a Methodist church where, so like I grew up in Red Bank and in Red Bank, there used to be this store called other worlds and it was right across the street from the middle school both of which were within walking distance of my house. And so like being a kid with nothing to do, I would go walk up and down Dayton Boulevard, hit mm-hmm. like the, the central park for some cheap fries, you know, go to the little snow cone place right next to that and get like a snow cone and then go and then like, Hey, there's this weird store with a bunch of toy looking things in it. I'd go in thinking it was like a comic book store and realize like, these are these big books full of words. I don't know about all this. Not realizing at the time I was next to a fucking treasure a treasure trove but as a kid i didn't know this and uh like but i knew you know it was generally like oh it's a bunch of nerd stuff like i look at all the miniatures and be like oh you actually have to paint those yourselves that's boring and now <laughs> now <laughs> but like again if i had known at the time yeah. where i what i had at my disposal yeah. within walking distance my parents would have been a lot poorer yeah. <laughs> is what is yeah. really what that would have meant um 
but anyway, uh, I ended up later going to uh, the church, the Methodist church in that neighborhood. And in my Sunday school class, a girl who I went to high school with actually said that her friend bought a miniature from this store and opened it up and it was actually wrapped in tinfoil and just made of weed. Marijuana. I just want to take a second to think this is what this girl thought she could smuggling operation. Like, I think I, I, I want to know what the truth is. Was she just needing attention so bad that she fabricated this? Or did she really have a friend Mm -hmm. who needed attention so bad that he fabricated this and told it to her and her being a faithful little zealot, believed it and brought it to church and repeated it and no one said that sounds like a bunch of bullshit and at the time i knew it was a bunch of bullshit and i just couldn't believe it i was like why why did you think that i'm gonna tell you what happened i think i know what happened so i mean unless i'm stepping on toes unless you know for a fact i bet she's married to some fucking like guy who owns like a garage door company in town or something and makes like a fucking ridiculous amount of money. And I bet like she, she is so dumb and yet I bet she's way more successful than me. I fucking hate her. That may be true. I'm just kidding. I was specifically talking about the weed. Yeah. What do you think? I think, Oh, I know what you're, I think what happened is she went with somebody that was like, Hey, I'm going to pop into this store. I got to pick something up. And she went with somebody not knowing what it was. She went in and saw Dungeons and Dragons and like fucking like devil fonts and dragon fonts. Went in there and what her friend was picking up was like, yeah, her friend may have picked up a miniature. But what he also picked up was a little dime bag of weed that might have been packed in that miniature as well. And uh, to her, this is the only miniature she's seen ever picked up. And so she equates that as like, oh, they put weed in the miniatures. I don't think she was there for it. I got a better story, and I think this one okay. makes more sense. I think her her cousin or whatever um, bought weed, and then her, their parents found it. Ah. And he goes, where did you get this? And he didn't want to rat out his buddy down the street, so he said, it came with the miniature I bought from other yeah. worlds. Yeah, that makes more sense. And then... She heard that story, and then she was too stupid to believe it. Yeah. And I bet now she's married to some fucking senator's kid or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes way more sense. It's the same girl who also got mad at me and my friend in high school mm-hmm. for playing Magic the Gathering because she thought it was tarot, and she was horrified. Um, but it's again, it's the same same thing. It's that satanic yeah. panic. It's the... I, I believe this is uh, of the devil, and I don't care enough to learn enough about it. Mm-hmm. To, I'm, 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 I've been so conditioned to believe that it's of the devil that if I learn anything about it, it'll only corrupt me because I'm mm. so innocent. Like, oh, man. I, I wish I could get by on being that naive and marry some senator's kid. No, it'd be <laughs> great. I, I was like this... Uh, second wave latchkey kid of like where latchkey kids were a big thing in the 80s i feel is like corporate america really took over but i feel like there was a second wave of latchkey kids in the mid 90s 
and late 90s maybe even of like i maybe even feel like it came on more in like seventh eighth ninth grade and it was like because i was going to a chattanooga school but a Whitwell church so i had friends in Whitwell, and i lived over there so i would be picked up in that uh my friend had a geo prism who knows where he got it probably paid 80 dollars for it and uh i would love to have a geo prism i wouldn't give a fuck i wouldn't even buy insurance on that thing just fucking boom I had a buddy with a Ford Fiesta that was uh, yeah. kind of the same kind of car. Yeah. I had another buddy who had a Volkswagen Golf. Also yeah. like a hatchback little car. Yeah. Where are those? You don't see those anymore. No, they need to bring those back. Yeah. Especially like but, now with like gas the way it is. Yeah. But yeah, he would pick me up in this Golf. We would go to the drive-in and Dunlap. Go see movies. And honestly, we were not doing anything bad. Like, at least any time I was with them, like, there was nothing going on. Like, there was occasionally something that was a little, like, vandalistic. Like, I remember uh, a friend of mine, he stole a uh, the femur off of his high school science lab's skeleton. I don't know if it was a real femur or not. It was reinforced with a steel bar. We hit a mailbox or three with it. But outside of that, like, that was kind of the worst we did. But, yeah, we would go to the drive-in. We would just drive around, like, quote-unquote, cruising for chicks when, like, no chicks were talking to us. And, uh, yeah, just doing stupid shit like that. But we were sort of in this bubble where our parents were all, they all went to high school together and grew up in this rural area and they were terrified of Marilyn Manson, who was kind of popular in the 90s at the time. Um, like, any sort of... Like, it was literally any sort of double... Like, a double bass, like... Like, anything. Uh, or a distorted guitar, or anything like that. It didn't matter the sexuality. It didn't matter the fact that you had Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears on the radio being super sexual. But it was like... This devil aspect that was there that we weren't allowed to listen to. Well, where they fucked up is the whole appeal was the elect- the distorted guitar and the double bass. Like, the devil shit didn't matter. It could have been song. Like, the thing is, is, like, the, the Christian music that sounded like that didn't start coming around until, like, the 2000s. But, like, all that, the devil death metal stuff happened in the 80s. So, like... At the time, you had 20 years without any kind of real, you know, the Christian versions of that was always fucking cheesy and stupid. Like, it was always like a watered down version of a band that wasn't that good to begin with. So, like, when you wanted something authentic and visceral and raw, you had to go there. And then the fact that they were singing about Satan was of little consequence because you couldn't understand what they were saying anyway. You just saw the cover go, whoa, that looks like a cool fucking, you know, scene from a book I read. And then, you know, the music sounded crazy and fun headbanging is a lot of fun and then being told like the thing is is it wasn't like like it was never the D or the fucking metal that drove kids to satan if anything drove kids to satan it was dickhead christians trying to tell them what they can and can't do like you know who your enemy is is the person who tries to control you no one's no one was fucking satanist because they played a game or listened to an album people were satanist because they fucking 
are rebelling against authority. And when you fucking press down that authority, the rebellion is going to be that much harder. That's what it is. Like, when that's literally why me and my buddies got into this shit is like there was a sudden influx. I remember when I was like 14 or 15, it was probably about 15 um, of where me and a certain group of friends I had all of a sudden, like we would just, it was before you had like text messaging and shit, but you would. We would just try to find and top each other like, hey, I found this shit and this is more gory than what you found. This is before Rotten.com and all of that. We And we would, were playing the shit, not even playing it. I found the demo and gave it to him on a demo disc from PS2 of, uh, I can't even remember, it wasn't Blood Rain, it was the other game. The, Blood uh, Omen. Yeah, like Blood the, Omen the Legacy two. of Kane. Legacy of Cain. And uh, I just remember us watching that and cracking the fuck up at how just brutal and hardcore it was. And I didn't realize at the time, like, what we were into was, like, metal shit. But we weren't allowed to be into it because we had to watch that in secret. Like, it was porno or something. And we weren't allowed, like, they were fine with Harry Potter and Star Wars but like anything with like vampires or demon, like if it was like classic, like Dracula sort of vampires, it was fine. You but know, if it was like demon sort of like we're coming from the hell mouth, like I, I know I don't want you to, I don't want to make you feel bad. You know what it is deep down. Your parents believe that shit was real. And they, oh yeah, and they, yeah. They thought that you thinking about it would summon them there, <laughs> yeah, dude. I know, and that kind of cracks me. That's up. what it is. That's yeah. what the satanic panic yeah. was all about. Like on the fucking news, people would say like, "This child listened, played Dungeons and Dragons, and summoned a demon into his body and killed his friends." On the news, on the news. <laughs> no, I got one for you here. So like, you've heard of the the urban legend of the Jersey Devil, right? Yeah. Okay, so I've always been into, like, urban legends and, like, fucking Bigfoot stories and, like, fucking loved the X-Files as a kid and, like, all this shit. And uh, so I remember I'd never heard about the Jersey Devil. And I don't know. I was in, like, eighth grade or something. A friend told me it's, like, like, we had first gotten a family computer in the home. Like, there was a family computer... I'd first learned at school, somebody had told me, like, no, man, you need to look up about the Jersey Devil. So I'd been doing all of this research on the family computer about the Jersey Devil. And I didn't learn this until years later. But my mom told me that, like, no, your dad thought you were into devil worship and shit because uh, you were researching the Jersey Devil. And just, like... <laughs> He's going to go to Jersey. He's going to draw a, a, a star in the ground, and he's going <laughs> to... He's going to summon the devil into his body. and He's going to draw it out. He's going to become the Antichrist. Yeah. And we're going to be have to be the parents of that. You know what that's going to be like? You know how hard it's going to be for me to go hang out with the boys knowing that my son yeah. is rain, rain, raining doom upon the world? Yeah. Like, but, like, seriously, like, my like my parents, like, like, I feel like my parents were more chill than most. My, my dad was an atheist the whole time, and I, and I didn't know it until way later, but... 
uh, my mom was always religious and she was always the one who was like, don't talk about death. I'm like, but it's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, don't talk about death. I'm like, why not? It's like, it's morbid. I'm like, but it's a fact. It's like the only constant that we all share. Like we should talk <laughs> about it. And she, she just wouldn't let me. It's because she thought that by talking about it, you were going to invite it. You summon it. Yeah. You invite yeah. it. It's like, yeah, I mean like, coming whether we want it to or not we might as well at least address it and right might 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 as well at least recognize it when it gets here you know what i mean that's my thing like that's why that's why i think i have a dark sense of humor i mean also because of being a product of this kind of shit you know just being told no so much and it's like but for no for what reason like why why am i being told no oh because it makes you uncomfortable well maybe you need to get more aligned with the way the world really is and maybe it's not my job to dance around that <coughs> sometimes it is sometimes it is i'm not trying to say like it's i just get to live my life and everyone just has to fucking deal with it but i think like if it's a real problem that we can see <laughs> and, and, and like we can actually acknowledge and say like oh shit Maybe my behavior is contributing. Dude, if we, I would love for us to have a Doctor Strange situation. Yeah. Of something where we need a guy like Doctor Strange to come out and deal with some mystical, like, otherworldly, dark dimension threat. Where, like, like if you watched What If, where if, like, black liquid started leaking from your face that I could not explain. And it's demons. Okay. I would love that. But that, and I don't mean to offend our religious listeners out there i don't at all i just uh i'm i'm very agnostic about it i don't know i don't not believe in it well but i mean like it's fine if you believe in 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 that stuff but just understand that like you know the same way that you're you know you pray and you 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 send your wish out into the ether and you hope that your your you know mystical forces hear your wish and grant your wish Evil is that same kind of thing where it's like, yeah, you, you're you're probably not going to actually see it. Like it's it's there. Evil definitely mm-hmm. exists in this world. Yeah. We talk about it on the other show all the fucking time. Yeah, uh, evil is very real, but it's not a demon. I mean, if it is, you're not going to know. Like if some if if spells are real, you're not going to see someone cast a fireball out of their hand. <laughs> what more than likely is is they uh, have a lot of money and they're going to cast a lot of money out of their hand. And convince other people to do their evil bidding. That's more likely what you're going to see. And maybe demons are behind that. I don't know, but I haven't seen any evidence of that. Which means that either demons aren't real or they're really sneaky. And if they're really sneaky, then they might as well not be real. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with that. It just cracks me up about the fucking... What, what were you going to say, though? I have to pee really bad. Is oh, good yeah. Time to do that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just been. It's been no, stupid. you're good, man. No, I've just. Uh, I didn't realize how how far we were on the time here. Oh yeah. So uh, we, I want. We I went want, on a few tears. Yeah, I want to keep talking about satanic panic, but actually, I like it. It's like Halloween season now. I mark that by my birthday. It's like my birthday starts fun time under traditional, normal circumstances. Mine kind of ends it. <laughs> Mine's on yeah. January third, so it's like yeah, right after New Year's. Yeah, is my birthday. <laughs> but no, that's even solid. That adds on to the whole thing of like celebrate my birthday, and then we've got Halloween and feast time at Thanksgiving, and then 
I like, I honestly like, I like the holiday season. I like all of the holidays. I don't really specialize. I mean, like I grew up celebrating Christmas, but like growing up and it's like, they're, they're all just like bullshit traditions at the end of the day. So why not enjoy all of them? And I grew up watching Rugrats, which I always appreciated that about Rugrats is they gave you a Kwanzaa episode. You got a Hanukkah episode. That's how I learned about Hanukkah was the Rugrats Hanukkah episode. Um, and then your birthday. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's always right after New Year's, which means fuck every, New Year's. Everyone dude. has partied out. No one ever wants nah. to party on my birthday. What I'll, I tr- I'll party with you on your birthday because fuck New Year's. Well, what I try to usually do is I try to make it work, and it, a lot of times it does the way it works out. If New Year's is at the beginning of a weekend and my birthday is at the end of it, usually I can throw a big party. <laughs> like a mm. a long party, and and what that usually amounts to is a, a I, I do a different night out with different people every night of the week through that because like New Year's will be it's one thing and then I'll be like hey who wants to go out the next night and then a few people sorry I'm, I'm get the, the the beer burps a few people will come out and then the next night a few people and then on my actual birthday I'll finally get like the the second pop of people like hey want to come out for your birthday I'm like yeah cool. Um, but it's never like I always feel like <laughs> everyone's really trying by that that third day after New Year's if they've if they've been you know hanging out if if it's able to stretch out like that mm. then by the time that comes everyone's like yeah New Year's wiped me out and I just kept it going and now uh, I'm here I guess and I'm like and under nah. uh, most times I'm the same way I'm like yeah I feel you no I learned maybe two years ago I've stopped celebrating New Year's. I don't think I enjoy. I never do. Nobody does. Nobody has a good time on New Year's. I I, I, I resent that because I have a New Year's tradition. And I invited you last year, but I'll invite you again this year. It's me and Bryant and usually Scotty and my friend Haley. And we always do the same thing every year. I'm not going to just divulge what that is. But we we watch the, uh, the cheap version for free on the internet of the ball drop, which is hilarious and awesome it's always sponsored by planet fitness and it's I mean, every year every year it's great and it's uh, my gym so yeah and uh it's uh it just it, it's last year i worked uh the next morning so I, I stayed up and i drank and other things and i uh just partied through the night and then went in and worked a full ass shift the next day but it was slow so it was fine but I will refuse to do that again this year. I will absolutely demand that I get off. Yeah, I've not been drinking the past couple years on New Year's, and uh, I don't think, maybe, don't quote me on that, but, like, I don't think. I've kept them pretty low-key, I'm pretty sure, and uh, had a good brunch or breakfast the next morning. So, I'm, either way, I'm down to party with you on your birthday on the 3rd. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make something happen. Yeah, let's do it. But either way, I wanted to close out the show here. I, I tried to keep us under two hours. Uh, yeah, hype one more time. Let's uh, hype your show coming up this weekend. That is uh, October 1st. That's this Friday. Uh, it's me, a lot of funny comics. I'm not going to read them off again. They'll, they, you know who they are you, if you were here at the beginning. I imagine most of you were. Um, you can get tickets at bodecomedy.com. They are $10. Uh Go ahead and get those now because these do sell out. This one is off to an early 
heavy start from what the promoter is telling me. Normally, they don't start selling this fast. They already are, uh, and they do normally sell out. So that means this one is sure to sell out. So go ahead and get those tickets now. I have been crushing it lately. I, I'm not being the slightest bit. Uh, what's the word? Um, um, where I'm facetious? No. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm. I don't want to sound like I'm not being humble. I'm not trying to fucking. Uh, be too boastful it's just a fact i've been crushing it lately this streak is due to end but it won't end on friday because when you play in front of a paying crowd everyone's there to laugh and so the energy is going to be there it's going to be great that next thursday might be rough but (laughs) but i've been crushing it i'm i know what jokes i'm going to tell it's going to be a great time and you should come out and buy me a drink and maybe buy a poster because i'll probably have posters for sale yeah, get tickets in the show notes, people. I'll be putting them there. And uh, like I said at the top, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits right there on Manufacturers Road. It's right there under Old Johnny Bridge. It's real easy to stomp off. Hop back on the interstate, whichever way you're going. And uh, Merchants on Main, right there diagonally across from Pax Brew Room. Great spot if you need some Chattanooga merch, like a Chattanooga t-shirt or a Chattanooga patch, hat, mug, anything like that. And then the holiday season is coming up. Go check out the Brew Chat store. We've got some really awesome, actually. Like, I went camping this weekend. I saw one in action. I would not actually ordered one, uh, but one of these color-changing mugs. It's pretty dope. I got to say, it's pretty fucking dope. We got these mugs. They change color from black to white. I don't know. Maybe I'm easily entertained. Can, I, I thought it was a fucking cool ass mug. Can you do like a design so that it's like certain things are hidden and then when you pour yeah. the liquid in, you can see Now that, that I know, it, it's just a basic logo now, but now that I know certain things can be revealed. I want to do things where yeah. like under normal, it says like, I love my boss. And then you put the hot yeah. coffee and it says, I fucking hate my boss. Yeah. And then that'll get people in trouble at work. And yeah. that'll make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Get people fired. Hey, that's what we need in this and, economy. Uh, right? It is. That's it is. A, that's for the other show. And uh, that is for the other show. But uh, yeah, go check it out. We've got some hoodies. We've got some uh, crop top sweatshirts, which are real popular with the ladies. They're nice Bella Canvas shit, which I can attest. I've got some t-shirts that I've got from the our store at brewchat.com slash store. Super comfy t-shirts. Uh, I've tried to test all the apparel myself to make sure because like, I don't like sub premium textiles touching my body not really but i mean who doesn't like i really don't like a fucking shitty t-shirt that just like fits and like doesn't stretch in the right places with and shitty cotton i don't like it so yeah these are this uh some bella it's bella canvas which some of you have heard of some of you have not but it's soft as shit and our hoodies and stuff are made of that so yeah, we've got that. We've got a really cool uh, beanie. I'm going to probably be putting up more beanies because, hey, why not? Um, but I've got one, and I fucking wore it camping this weekend. It kept me super toasty, and I liked it. Uh, but, yeah, that's brewchat.com slash store. Go check out our other podcast, Between the Brews. Boomer Memes here with Ian Sharp and Chaos We Trust. Also with Ian Sharp and myself and Andrew, who joins us and uh say your truth and then go check it out on the hopped up network at the hopped up but 
Other than that, yeah, Ian, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. But, yeah, this has been episode 307 of the Brew Chat Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 